0: So there I was, doing two jobs at once. The phone took its picture, signaling success by playing a sample of a certain dysfunctional father saying, "'Sweet, sweet chocolate.' The sample did not get the nod, and I made a mental note to change it. Homer was out. Lisa was in. I looked at the image on the phone's little screen, which looked clear enough to copy the lacework back at home. "'Thanks.' No problem. An edge of suspicion in her voice now. Exactly why was I taking a picture of her laces? There was a moment of awkward silence, the kind that sometimes follows after taking a picture of a stranger's shoe. you think by now I'd be used to it. I turned away to look at the river. I'd run into my shoelace innovator in the East River Park, a strip of grass and promenade between the FDR Drive and the water, It's one of the few places where you can tell that Manhattan is an island. She was carrying a basketball, probably had been shooting hoops on the weedy courts under Manhattan Bridge. I was here working, like I said. A big container ship eased by on the water, as slow as a minute hand. Across the river was Brooklyn, looking industrial, the Domino Sugar Factory waiting patiently to be turned into an art gallery or housing for millionaires. I was about to smile once more and keep on walking, but she spoke up. What else does it do? My phone? The list of features was on my tongue, but this was the part of the job I didn't like. Which is why you will read no product placement in these pages if I can possibly help it. I shrugged, trying not to sound like a salesman. MP3 player, datebook, texting, and the camera can shoot like ten seconds of video. She bit her lip, gave another nod. Very crappy video, I admitted. It was not my job to lie. Can you call people on it? Sure it. Then I realized she had to be kidding. Yes, you can actually call people on it. Her smile was even better than her shoelaces. When Alexander Graham Bell invented the telephone, he imagined everybody in the country having one big party line. We'd all listen to concerts on the phone, or maybe everyone would pick up and sing the national anthem together. Of course, a somewhat more popular use of the telephone turned out to be one person talking to one other person. The first computers were designed for naval gunnery and code-breaking, and when the Internet was created, it was supposed to be for controlling the country after a nuclear war. But guess what? Most people use them for emailing and IMing. One person communicating with one other person. See the pattern? My name's Hunter, I said, returning her smile. Jen. I nodded. Jennifer was the most popular girl's name in the 1970s and number two in the 1980s. Huh? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Sometimes the facts in my head get bored and decide to take a walk in my mouth. Frequently, this is a bad thing. She shook her head. No, I know what you mean. There's gens all over the place these days. I was thinking of changing it. Jennifer did drop to 14th place in the 1990s, possibly from overexposure. I winced when I realized I'd said this out loud. But I think it's a nice name. Great save, huh? Me too, but I get bored, you know. Same name all the time. Rebranding, I said, nodding. Everyone's doing it. She laughed, and I found that we'd started walking together. On a Thursday, the park was pretty empty. Mostly joggers, dog walkers, and a couple of old guys trying to catch something in the river. We ducked under their fishing lines, which flickered from invisible to brilliant in the summer sun. "'Behind the metal guardrail, the river sloshed against concrete, "'agitated by a small boat motoring past. "'So how's Hunter doing?' she asked. "'The name, I mean. "'You really want to know?' "'I checked her smile for signs of derision. "'Not everyone appreciates the pleasures of SocialSecurity.gov's name-ranking database.' "'Absolutely.' "'Well, it's no Jennifer, but it's moving up.' Hunter was barely in the top 400 when I was born, but it's a solid number 32 these days. Wow. So you were way ahead of the crowd. Yeah, I guess. I took a sidelong glance at her, wondering if she'd figured me out already. Jen bounced the basketball once and let it rise into the air in front of her, ringing like a bell before catching it with long fingers. She studied its longitude lines for a moment, spinning it before her green eyes like a globe. Of course, you wouldn't want your name to get too popular, would you? That would suck, I agreed. Witness the Brittany epidemic of the mid 1990s. She shuddered, and my phone rang. The theme from the Twilight Zone, right on cue. See? I said, holding it up for Jen. It's doing its phone thing. Impressive. The display read Shoe Girl, which meant work. Hi, Mandy. Hunter? Are you doing anything? Uh, not really. Can you do a tasting? It's kind of an emergency. Right now? Yes. The client wants to put an advertisement on the air over the weekend, but they're not sure about it. Mandy Wilkins always called her employers the client, even though she'd worked for them for two years. They were a certain athletic shoe company named after a certain Greek god. Maybe she didn't like using four-letter words. "'I'm trying to get together whoever I can,' Mandy said. "'The client needs to make a decision in a couple of hours.' "'How much does it pay?' "'Officially, just a pair.' "'I've got way too many pairs,' I said. "'A trunk full of shoes, not counting the ones I'd given away. "'How about fifty bucks?' "'Out of my own pocket. "'I need you, Hunter.' "'Okay, Mandy, whatever.' I looked at Jen, who was scrolling absently through numbers, politely not listening, maybe a little saddened by how old and decrepit her own phone was. At least six months. I made a decision. Can I bring someone? Uh, sure. We need more bodies. But are they... you know. Jen glanced at me, her eyes narrowing, beginning to realize that I was talking about her. The sun was catching more blue in her hair. I could see that she'd dyed a few slender strands bright purple, hidden underneath the black outer layers, letting glimpses of color through when the wind stirred her hair. Yeah, definitely. A what tasting? A cool tasting, I repeated. But that's just what Mandy and I call them. Officially, it's a focus group. Focusing on what? I told her the name of the client, which did not get the nod. "'I know,' I said. "'But you get a free pair and fifty bucks.' Once the words had left my mouth, I wondered if Mandy would cough up money for Jen as well as me. Well, if she didn't, Jen could always have my fifty. It was random money anyway. But I wondered why I had invited her. Usually people in my profession don't like competition.' It's one of those jobs, like politician, where there's already too many and everyone who's never tried it thinks they could do it better. Sounds kind of weird, Jen said. I shrugged. It's just a job. You get paid for your opinion. We look at shoes? We watch an ad. Thirty seconds of TV, fifty bucks. She looked into the currents of the river, having a two-second debate inside her head. I knew what she was thinking. "'Am I being exploited? "'Am I selling out? "'Am I pulling a scam? "'Is this a trick? "'Who do I think I'm fooling? "'Who cares what I think anyway?' "'I've thought all those things myself.' She shrugged. "'Hey, fifty bucks.' I let my breath out, just then realizing I'd been holding it. "'My thoughts exactly.' Chapter 2 I recognized half the faces at the tasting Antoine and Trey, who worked at Dr. J's in the Bronx. Hiro Wakata, a board under his arm and headphones around his neck big enough to wear while parking an airplane with orange flashlights. The Silicon Alley crew, led by Lexa Legault behind chunky black eyeglass frames and clutching an MP3 player, made by a certain computer company whose name is a fruit often used in making pies. Hilary Winston-Smith, having slummed her way over from Fifth Avenue, and Tina Catalina, whose pink T-shirt bore a slogan in English clearly composed by someone who spoke only Japanese. All of them looked very central casting.